Welcome, everybody. You're in the locker room with Dungeon Wolf and Matt Williamson and the show killer Brian Lamartina. And we are killing it on an in season Wednesday. Sure are. This is, well, this is dress rehearsal week, Matt. I guess it is. It's, it's our last show. It's That's our last show until sad, the locker room. But also exciting. By the way, the locker room will reopen, what is it, uh, September 6th, I believe it is, when Max Starks joins me in the yeah, locker how about room. That? Yeah, so you don't have to do double duty, which you've been doing two-a-days. It's been doing awesome. Two-a-days, right. As, they, as we used to say back in the day, the only thing worse than two-a-days is none-a-days because then nobody wants you. <laughs> That's a good way of looking so, at it, right. Absolutely. You did uh, some great work here, Matt, and I'm truly it's been appreciative. A lot of fun. Absolutely. So this is Dress Rehearsal Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and by the way, you know, dress rehearsal is kind of you know, like the plays. You know, were you ever in a play? Not my style. Really? I never was. I actually look back at that. Frankly, it wasn't cool in high school. I didn't do that. I hung, you know, it wasn't. Well, what about elementary school, yeah. man? Well, I you don't didn't think do that, any that counts. I mean, sure it, it does. But I look hey. back and think it'd been fun to do some acting, and I never did any. Matt, I was in my fifth grade play. I mean, I was a tree. I was a tremendous tree. Okay, <laughs> that's it. No, I was a tree. Off your spot. Oh, you know what? I just down, held no. my ground. You know, <laughs> right. when the wind blew, so, yeah. I I gave the gentle wave. Yeah. You know, treat it like and a then, bull rush. Exactly. Well, if I was a tree too, you too. Well, I was a tree also. Together, we could be a forest. Yeah, we absolutely two mighty oaks standing <laughs> on the stage. <laughs> or, or we might have been a couple of willows. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer to think of palm trees. A lot of I like palm. Yeah. <laughs> right you are, brother. Right you are. Oh, we got a lot of sap here. <laughs> oh, yes. So, dress rehearsal, dress rehearsal. coming up this weekend. I, I'm, I'm still struck by the fact that we're all saps here. <laughs> a lot of saps. Yeah, the show out. killer just jumped in and did his job. Now I'm like, I'm discombobulated. I'm not sure where to go with that now. So... So we're sitting there looking at the dress rehearsal coming up. And one of the things I'm excited about is because when you get to this point, that means, you know what? The season opener's not far away. Right, right. You know? However. <laughs> Wait a minute. What's this I, however uh, thing? This shocked me because I brought it up. The, the coordinators all spoke yesterday. And, and I forget which one it was. I think it was Butler. And he said, well, the season's 27 or 28 days away. We still got time to figure out the nickel corner situation. Right. I'm like. Really? This is a dress rehearsal. Is it really that long till opening day? That it, made, you, made me a little true. sad. Okay. Right, yeah. Made you're, me a little sad. Now I'm even but sappier. It is still I'm the, even sappier than I was a moment sappier, ago. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. The dress rehearsal's huge. You know, we're going to see Ben. We're going to see the ones. You're going to – you might know this better than me. I mean, they're going to game plan, but not really. Well, here's you know, the right, thing right. about it. When, they, when Mike Tomlin talks about dress rehearsal Wednesday or in-season Wednesday, mm-hmm. he's talking about a couple of things. Number one – is the fact that you're going to start to run cards. All right, so yeah. you're starting yeah. to look. Scout team. Scout team, you yeah. know, and those are important mm-hmm. because you've got to get proper performance out of your scout team. Yeah. Because if you don't. There's an art to that. There is. Yeah. There is, and it's proper practice, etiquette, and that sort of thing. But you've got to push the envelope in performance as far as you can uh, without endangering, you know, the starters and all those things unnecessarily. So mm-hmm. there's always danger. You I don't mean, light somebody up over the middle of the field. Exactly. You, you pick it off if you can, or you make plays. Right. You know, give them a look. No question about it. And you follow the directions on the card, right? You know, because what they're doing is the assistants, assistants have broken down the film. They've already got their, you know, with the predilections of the opponents that you're going to mm-hmm. face coming up. So they put them on cards. They say, okay, you do this. Right. That might not be what you do in the Steelers' offense or defense. It isn't. Scheme right. of things. Right, right. right. But Run this, this stunt is... that we're going to see. Yeah, exactly right. so. So that's one thing. So you've got that. The second thing is that they are actually got film on their opponent. They can mm-hmm. watch some of the Detroit Lions. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, It's not going to be a whole lot of it. No, but... it's a new coaching staff. You watch right. one game. and you know, Matter of fact, I would imagine the scouts have watched a lot more of it than the players will. Probably. And no question. I don't think that the coaching staff, you might know better than me, but I don't think the coaching staff this week spends hours and hours on this third receiver no. doesn't like press coverage, so we're going to press them like crazy. You know, right. you still do what you do. But it, and I'm sure you were getting to this, it's a normal work week, though. I mean, because they play Saturday, Wednesday's really Tuesday, and that gets confusing. But it's still a game week. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what Tunch always used to do to me. It always no, it's, it's a head, Monday yeah. night game, so Today's today really is Wednesday, really Wednesday. Yeah, right. I'm like, I'm all confused. It, it screws me up every week, too. Absolutely. Dale does it to me, too. Yeah. Like, so today's really Tuesday. I'm like, all right, fair. All right, whatever. whatever. Okay, it's fine. But right, now we're saps again. Then we're we're saps back to saps. Again. 
But it's a game week. You know, it is it's a game teaching week. these guys what game week looks like in a Steeler uniform. Now, here's the other thing. Um, we saw yesterday some nice work by Ben at practice. Yeah, that's what he said. Oh, uh, boy. You know, he 60-yard throw. Juju just catching it in the fingertips, a crossing route to Ebron. Uh, you know, rolling out. Mm-hmm. The man, athletic, looked terrific, smooth, accurate with the ball. That's great. Um, I'm excited about it because this, to me, is what was missing from the offense last year. Oh, you no know, question. The, yeah, yeah that, that throw short, run long, it had its place. If they had been able to, you know, bring that along with a running game, with mm-hmm. some, uh, you know, uh, three-point stances, with some under centers, I think that would have been great. But the fact is, it dried up. And the running game was not there to salvage yeah. uh, the Steelers' offense when it needed. So, to me, in my mind, the things that we're starting to see from Matt Canada right now is pretty exciting. I, I can only imagine, and it sure seems like not that there. I mean, some people nationally doubted this, but is Ben going to buy in? Yeah, he's going to buy in. You know, I'm sure when he sat down with Mr. Rooney and Kevin and Mike, they said, "This is how we're going to run offense." You know, going forward with Matt Canada as our coach and. You need to be on board, or don't, you know, or move you on think, with your life's work. Do you think before that he might have, you know, while he was agreeing to taking a five million dollar pay cut? Yeah, that you know, like, oh yeah, I'm in. You think he's not going to be in if he's good? Right, right. I mean, right. to me, I we'll those get you back, and we're going to run offense yeah. this way, and you're going to like it. Trust me, because here's, I don't think it's it's hard at all to show a quarterback, even an older one. This happened to Aaron Rodgers. This system that people are watch, using with all the play action and motion and misdirection. It just makes your life easier, you know? Oh, yeah. I don't think it's hard to convince somebody, here's gobs and gobs of tape to show you how much easier it is than what you used to have to do. Are you in? Yeah, I'll give that a try. Well, you know, here's the thing. It's like Mike, Mike Tomlin said. You use motion trying to win the snap before the ball is snapped. Yeah, right, right. All right? Think about it. You got pre-snap motion. You got post-snap shiny things to keep the attention of the defense. All you're trying to do is make the defense go squirrel. Like yeah, one, right, right, right. Second. Little window then, dressing. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right. And then you got something going. And I think when you start to, to go with the motions that creates communication problems for the defense, that's job one. Oh, yeah. You know, then you're trying to outlever the mm-hmm. defense at the point of attack quite possibly. If that linebacker or, takes you know, one misstep. Hey, look or, over you know, here while right, I'm doing right. this over here, you know. And, at the, and, and the other thing is is creating mismatches in the, in the passing game. Without question. There's pre-snap indicators. Um, the one thing I threw out to you two before we got on the air, Dale was on his way out and you were on your way in, was... Did you say you two or YouTube? <laughs> I wasn't sure what you said. I didn't know how much design quarterback movement they would do with seven. He's a great athlete. Absolutely. Yeah, people forget that. I mean, he's up in age and he's had a lot of lower body ailments and things and, you know, he doesn't move like he used to. But he's a natural athlete. And you guys seem to think that... Yeah, you're going to see boots and waggles and things like that. And that's stuff you do with young quarterbacks, half-field reads. But guys that, are, that don't need that help mentally are going to kill it with that kind of stuff. You know, high-low concepts with half-field reads and things like that. That's hard to well, defend. Look at the number Helps of spr- protection, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, here's here's the thing. When you, when you know, all right, three-step, five-step drop, that's it. That defense, they know. We know where the team meeting's got to be. Right, you know right, right, I mean? right. The jailbreak has to occur, mm-hmm. and then you have the team meeting at the quarterback, whether it's at three or five steps. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you start varying the launch point, giving a little misdirection, little you know waggles and boots and things of that nature, it doesn't have to be full on sprint outs. No. Right. 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 You know, like you design Haskins, Sometimes he'll take the shotgun and it's a sprint right. Mm-hmm. You know, and and. For the offense, that's terrific because now you're making the defense, number one, have to go through their reads, whether they go from the run to the pass reads or whatever, based on down and distance. And the second is when you move the launch point or the the passing area where the quarterback's going to be, it begoggles the defense at times and blows up some of their blitzes. Yeah. Oh, not to – I mean, like, let's say you're playing the the Brownies, too, and – Miles Garrett's tearing apart your left tackle. Well, you can sprint away from him. You know, I mean, to make that life a little easier, too, or, you know, vice versa. And so more things in the the bag of tricks for Ben, who's going to handle it all processing and mentally extremely well, uh, I think is only a good thing. It's great to hear that he's moving and throwing, it sounds like, as well as he has in the last three years or so. You know, the other thing about working the cards, too, and this is important, and and I remember Tunchokin doing this back in our day, you know, he would want to work on some of his, uh, you know, uh, pass pro and do it to the best that he could. Mm-hmm. So he would go in and he'd volunteer to run reps against Keith Willis 
so that the two of them could work on sharpening their sword together. I mean, mm, okay. this is, again. Because he was um, the best guy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Keith Willis. Keith Willis came. It's amazing because Tunch uh, became a starter in, what, 82 or something like that. Um, his third year in the league. And Keith Willis came along right around the same time. Mm-hmm. And the two of them together, and I've talked about before, Keith was, uh, you know. He was the all-time sack leader here yeah, for a he while, was, right? Yeah, yeah, he was the all-time. The, the, that's that's the essence of what sharpening the sword is all about. Mm-hmm. Tunch goes on to become a pro bowler in top 33. Keith Willis was the all-time sack leader for yeah, a period of time. Yeah, great career. Absolutely, great career. But it was because those guys were neither asking for quarter. You know, they just keep working hard. Uh, they worked against each other so much of the time, and that's that's what cards can do for you. Mm. You know, when you you can specific because what you can say to the defensive guy, specifically, look, I need you to throw uppercuts like crazy. I need you to give me the Reggie White look. Mm-hmm. All right, the stab, then the hump. You know, and they can Even do if you that. You know it's coming. You still got to exactly. Do it. Yeah. And the and the coaches on defense will be like, give him what he wants. Mm-hmm. He needs that. That's what you've got the cards for, so that you can prioritize what you need to see. It's, it goes back to the importance of the scout team and making your top guys better, but you're doing it with the best guy on the other side. Exactly. You know, right. It'd be you know, like Reggie thing. White and, and, and Edmund Nelson. I'd say, hey, hey, Ed, cheap shot me every chance you can get. <laughs> i got to get ready. <laughs> In those situations, and I'm sure it's different with every pairing, do you think guys will tell you, like, if Willis gets the better a touch – in a stretch of time, but we'd be like, "Boy, you're dropping your hands too much." Oh or, yeah, 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 yeah. Happened like, all the time. This is what I'm attacking you with because you're you're, right. you're letting something slack, or your technique's not where it should be, and it's harder to know that when you're the the one doing it. I remember when Joe Green said, "Tunch, when you're gonna punch, all right, keep your head back and your shoulders. Don't lean forward. Don't give me that opportunity to swim you because mm-hmm. every time your head comes forward that against you. i've got that yes yeah. I'm gonna, and and that's where, where are you going to get better instruction than from uh you know the future hall of famer right. the foundation of the pittsburgh steelers than joe mean joe green telling you look i'm going to take advantage of this rook every time you do that okay? especially if you do it he makes you look dumb in front of the whole team and then pulls you aside and says, right. well, this is what you're doing, and I'm going to do it to you every time until you stop. And also, and also when he says, don't hold him, he means it. Cause <laughs> that that he, doesn't go over No, well, he, yeah. he bolo punched Tunch one time. Yeah, really? Oh, yeah. Tunch came back. He makes he's, like, he's folded over. He goes, when Joe says, don't hold him, he means don't hold him. <laughs> <laughs> so instruction works both ways. Yeah, you know? right. Uh, good uh, tips. Exactly so. But, you know, the thing about it is for this period of time right now, as we shift – it's kind of like that that uh, training camp mentality shifting towards the season, mm-hmm. even though it's not really a seasonal change yet. We're not to the opener, obviously. Right. I mean, if you're a team like the Lions, I think the Lions coming to town is a great matchup. Oh, because yeah. They're a real hard-nosed, old-school team with the coaching staff they hired. They have so much work to do, and they know it. They drafted a ton of linemen. You know, like they're just building the foundation that Again. I think they're gonna. They got a lot to try to work for here. I bet they play their ones longer than most teams will in in, in this week. So that's gonna be a challenge. I mean, Pittsburgh's a better team than Detroit, but maybe not in the preseason mode. You know, they're Who gonna be a challenge. Better of the the Matt Stafford Jared Goff trade. Hmm. The Rams because those teams are in such different places. I mean, the reason they took Goff is to get him off the books to make the trade feasible. So they got more draft picks. And Goff. You're talking about Detroit. Detroit. Yeah, right. So for them to totally rebuild, it worked out for both. I mean, for where they're both right. at. Right. I mean, I just, the Rams are trying to win it all. I've always thought Matt Stafford was I'm a, a top flight guy. Me too. You He's know, been I mean, held back you by watch this guy. Yeah. He, they were in camp. Uh, He's super impressed. Two years ago. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. yeah. Uh, with the Steelers, and I and I was really impressed by him. I think he's perennially underrated. That yes. people don't talk about him at the top of the league, and I think he's at the top of the league. The Atlanta quarterback, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. He's he's similar in the same similar. way. Similar. Not as you know, gifted. Not Stafford as gifted as Stafford. Stafford just. Right. There's something about that dude that, you know, you watch him play out there and you're like going, by golly, if 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 he had the Megatron still mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Give him know, a little more. Oh, a little more. I think he just could light that place up. Yeah. I'll never forget the Euros with the Browns. We played the Bengals early on in our building. And Carson Palmer was warming up with his guys. And I walked past him and going, oh, that's what the first overall pick should look like. You know, anyone seen Carson Palmer throw in his prime was, right. wow, Stafford looks like what the first overall pick should look like. <laughs> you know, like, wow. I mean, he 
is a total package. And he he doesn't look the worst for wear for a guy no. that uh, toiled in Detroit. Had a lot of beat, and had some, beatings. Yeah. yeah, he's taking some beatdowns. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, the the Motor City is, is that wasn't easy on him. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, that is not an easy task to <laughs> no. be quarterbacking in that joint. No, but they build an offensive line there. They'll be a good test for the Steelers on Saturday. Well, I'm looking forward to it, and I think one of the reasons I'm looking forward to it is that the Joe Show continues to roll. And as we move along with the, you know, uh, Schobert, uh, I, I find it interesting. Did you, did you watch uh, Keith Butler talking? Um, Dale and I recapped it all. We were talking about how the conversation went, and sounds like they're awfully high on him, and they're going to put a lot on his plate. It really does. Yeah, I'm sitting here, and I'm, I'm like trying to read between the lines, which I'm never good at. But you know, um, you should ask my wife. She's like, <laughs> you know, all those un- unsaid. Cues that yeah. you're supposed to get. They go right over my head. Oh, my goodness. Especially at home. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like, all right, honey, you want to make a point? All right, look me right in the eye. Give me a frying pan to the forehead, and then we'll go. <laughs> then I'll do all it, right? right. Uh-huh. I'll be down on it. But the fact is, uh, with Joe Schobert, looking at him um, and, and listening to Keith Butler talk, he's very noncommittal about um, where they're at right now. Obviously, he you're going to. just gonna, got here, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, but in his guarded Remarks about Devin and the fact that Splane didn't even come up that much no, in no. the conversation, you know, um, and the fact that you're talking about already Schobert being your dime. And so what's going on green with Green Dot Devin? and all yeah. that. Right, right, right. Yeah, Green Dot. That's yeah. another great, great point. Yeah. So it, it's a little interesting, is it not? It is. Uh, I, and I, I started overreacting to that yesterday, and Dale said, you got to slow your roll a little because both will have the green dot. You know, like it's right. not just one guy on the defense because if that person's not on the field, it's not like you don't have a guy that has a green dot on his. Oh, you have more so, stickers. Yeah, there's just more stickers, right? So they both will have those responsibilities. I think Schobert, a big reason why he's here is to be the lead dog in terms of communication, aligning everybody, experience, and that doesn't buy. And I think they asked him, "Is does that mean Devin's been struggling?" They said, "No, it's just." He's coming back from an injury. He's They're super not young. Sure what he can. He can. Yeah. Get. Just getting that off his plate, I think, makes Bush a better player. Just don't worry about any of that. Just run and hit. Well, if I know anything, I know how to get stuff off my plate. <laughs> I take care of that business, no problem. All right, there's more in the locker room coming up. Uh, we'll see you right back after this. You're listening to the official voice of Black and Gold Nation, SNR. As they say, communication is always the key. Being able. <laughs> Being able to communicate which, you know, what's going on. Because as the defense always talks about, as long as everybody gets the same call, then at least they'll be on the same page. And, you know, two you people know. doing the same job. Right. Or leaving a gap empty. Or, right. You know, right. But, but then again, you also go, well, wait a minute. Um, that's still not what you want. You want them to have the right call. The not right just, call. And right, yeah, right. everybody on the wrong call, you're still on the wrong call. You're still not in the defense you want to play. <laughs> But at least there's rules, and everybody's following the defensive rules of cover two or whatever it is. As long one guy's not playing cover one, there was a former first round pick cornerback here that used to seem to do his own thing in Artie Burns. That you know, right? Everybody would do one call and look like he did the other. You can't have that. Well, <laughs> I, I'll tell you. I mean, you've got you got to have the communication correctly. For instance, uh, we were playing Cleveland one time, and we ran a uh, thirty-three trap. A 32 trap, and uh, I'm sorry, and both of us guards, Terry Long and myself, we pulled into each other. I mean, nah. if, if you could imagine that a one a half full right, speed, right. oh, what a what a collision! Now we're playing Cleveland, they're 314, and both linebackers on the inside, they because they're cross key and split hmm. backs back then. They they turned into each other. They fell down. Frankie Pollard whistled it up there for eleven yards. I thought Run that Chuck, play again. I thought Chuck was going to kill us when we came off the field. Yeah. And he said, and he was he was laughing. He goes, "We got to put that in the playbook." <laughs> but again, you know, miscommunication is one thing, but not being able to, you know, if you misunderstand something, I, I get it. But not getting the call out. You know, I mean, that's mm-hmm. the problem. Um, one of the things that yeah. Butts talked about when he was addressing the media yesterday was the thing he hated most was to hear as a player when he came off in the defensive line and said, "I didn't get the call." Yeah, you know, uh, now you got right. you got to no the excuse call. for that. Exactly. Right. I look at it in levels. Like worst case scenario is people don't get the call and are playing different defenses on a given play. That's no good. A step above that is. 
like we said, everybody's playing at least the same call. Might not be the right call to adjust to the offense you saw, but at least everybody has rules and we're all playing cover too. Ideally, I think everyone is not only running the same play, which isn't that much to ask, but there's been an adjustment that that's the call you want to see versus the looks or indicators you're getting. And then I think like the doctorate level is Keekly or Ray Lewis says, not only are we in the right call, but this ball's going in the B gap here. And there's going to be, you know, like you just tell right. people, you're they almost understand. calling it out, you know, exactly. like that. And you can tell your teammates that too. Some of those great linebackers, they, they, they understand that the concepts, they can, you know, go to the ball. But if you can relay it to <laughs> Suggs and Bart Scott and all the other guys on that defense, well, now you're really hard to play against. And maybe Schober can take it to that level. Well, that leads me to believe that Devin and and uh, Robert were not getting the job done in that area. It makes me think that, you too. You know, that's, right. that's the part that – because he referenced it, like you said, they gave it uh, to with Missy. They gave it to Schobert right now. Yes. You know, as soon as he got off the plane. It wasn't like there was any sort of, yeah. No, right, right, it, right. They, they had this plan coming in. So you look at this and you think to yourself, okay, then obviously the, the uh, yapper factor is something that's going to come into play here more and more, and we're going to see it evolve. And the other thing that I like about it is for a couple guys like Robert Splain, Devin Bush, um, that's that's an example of what it looks like, what it sounds like mm-hmm. when you have a guy with that sort of competency oh, yeah. able to call things out. You know, I mean, sure. He talked about Vince Williams. One of the things about Vince, Vince was a big mouth. Well, you know, that's that's a good thing. On yeah, the man, a perfect, yeah, you need that sort of communicative communicative abilities to be able to have that sort of continuity amongst the front end of the defense, mm-hmm. and you know, the growth from there. So, I, I look at this, and and, and I'm, it's not a. a, a it, a minus on Devin or any part of his future. Uh, it's just, I think, an acknowledgement. First of all, I think almost that Schobert just kind of landed on the Steelers' plate. Right. You know, I mean, there, a, there was a call. There's a there's gift like, you take. Hello, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, like Minka Fitzpatrick. You take. You know, it. and yeah. somehow Colbert, uh, Kevin, uh, being the genius, has got them to go. Yeah, you can. Uh, I'll, I'll paint your fence, and here's an apple too. You know, <laughs> so I mean, they give you an opportunity. Fin. You take it. Yeah, yeah. Here's a gift. So I think, you know, this is going to help the defense grow uh, even mm-hmm. more so. I said this know, a month or so ago on the drive of several times that when Vince Williams retired, it didn't worry me that he would no longer be a contributor on the field and he was a good one. But I thought immediately, who is the veteran go-to presence in the inside linebacker room now that's done it and has handled all these things? It's a very cerebral position. And... Uh, not that they – I mean, well, we kind of talked about it. It looks like they, they, they went out of their way to find a communicator and somebody that's good in that regard. And I think it'll have a long-term effect on Bush and, partic- and Buddy Johnson, guys that you think are going to be here a long time. Right. This is how a professional's done it. I have a lot to learn from him playing next to him. One day Bush will take that back over. And it, it, he's not relinquishing it 100% anyways. There's going to be times he's on the field and Schobert isn't, and he'll call the defense. You know, So I think it's a good influence for their development. There's no question. Yeah. Again, that guy in the room, the guy you point to, this is what it looks like. This is what it sounds like. Yeah, Those guys are times, taking right? notes. There are going to be there'll be guys that um, benefit long-term, I think, uh, you know, from from all that. You know? Yep. Like Ingram provides that to me to the outside linebacker room a little bit. You know, I mean, just young rooms. You bring in a guy that's been around the block. I think has value. Oh, absolutely. You're yeah. right. You know, the other thing I found curious though was when uh, Butts said they're not sure how much they can load up on Devin. You know, they got to see mm-hmm. where he's at. I found that kind of a curious statement. You know yeah. what I mean? He's Just, been around um, a while now. Yeah, I mean, it's not like uh, this is what his third year. Yeah, uh, you know, he missed a lot last year, obviously, but he was already on a uh, his his upshot was was you know soaring. Mm-hmm. Things were going good, and I just kind of found it interesting. I wonder, are there any hiccups in the knee recovery area? You know, and that's something that you yeah. know, will play itself out. I think it's worth asking. I mean, I thought he looked a little clunky in his return as to most guys coming off Absolutely. their first time. That didn't bother me one bit. But I also think they saw life without Bush. You know, they had a lot of eggs in one basket. And if that basket gets injured, you know, then at least it's not as bad now. Ideally, you have Schobert and Bush out there, a lot of snaps together, and that's a wonderful thought. 
you know, he could be the, the veteran and the play caller and Bush can just run and make plays, you know, just not think as much and just be reactive athletic guy. But if Bush falls, you're in a lot better shape now too. No question yeah. about it. I really think, again, this defense is really starting to shape up. I mean, yeah. whether you're looking at the number two pass rusher overall in the league, as they say T.J. Watt is, mm-hmm. if you're looking at the number one free safety in the league, as they say Minka Fitzpatrick, or the number four defensive tackle in, in Cam Hayward, sure. or the number eight you know, defensive tackle and stuff to it. Yeah. Uh, Joe Schobert's got to be up there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I would think, you Same know. Same with Ingram. Yeah. yeah you right. know, um, Hightower's this up is, and comer. This is a defense that, that really, it's looking real good on paper. I mean, obviously the corners are in the area. they got a, con- a little sure. concern, the nickel. But, I mean, I don't know. I'm liking it. I mean, they, they've been great on defense the last couple of years. On paper, going into the season, I'll take this one over last year's team. I, I think the front seven's noticeably better. Um, with all respect to Bud, I'd rather have year two Hightower and Ingram versus year one Hightower and Bud. Right. Uh, I think the D-line depth that we've talked about is okay. You know, it used to be huge question marks, and I think the, the true linebackers, now that Schobert's there, are better than they've been. You know, healthy Bush and Schobert. I think that front seven is the best in the league, and the secondary's good. And Minka makes all the pro- a lot of problems go away. Okay. I think it's a really, really good lineup. I like it very much myself. I'm going to be interested to see where, uh, whether we go uh, Antoine Brooks, you go uh, mm-hmm. Mallet, you know, uh, you go Trey Norwood, possibly. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I even I even keep throwing his name in there, but I'm more and more impressed. I, Terrell Edmonds. Yeah. When you see Terrell Edmonds operate in the box. Man, this guy, he does a great job of dropping into the box and picking his way through the traffic and getting the job done. He does. I mean, he is significant. He is not to be overlooked. No, he's not just an ordinary guy out there. I mean, he has first-round athleticism and, you know, movement traits and things like that and can get overlooked on a great defense. And I I like the thing you brought up was one of our first shows here in the locker room you wouldn't see him blitz a little bit more, especially with Hilton not around. I love that idea. I think he's perfect for it. I do too. You know, I agree with you. I, I think you watch him and his ability to um, pick his way through the traffic. Mm-hmm. You know, again, that's something that some guys just seem to have it. You know, from the inside linebacker spot. Doesn't sound like much, probably, no, to some of our doesn't. listeners, right? But it really big. doesn't, right? But, but you know, you know as well as I do. You put on the film. You watch a guy do it. And you know, like go. Okay. Yeah. He's, he he understands the ebb and flow of the game, and his instincts take him invariably to where he needs to get to. Yeah. I mean, getting from point A to point B sometimes is a straight line, and you can just open it up and run like a forty-yard dash and track somebody down. But there's twenty-two big people on a football field. Rarely is it a straight line. You got to pick and choose your path to get there of least resistance, and he does do it very well. You know, you think about it. It's like it's like running through a forest. Yeah, right. You right, know, right. I mean, you Full of bears. Through, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> lions, tigers, and bears. Right, oh right, my! Yeah, exactly. Never the winged monkeys, though. Those no, guys, they're evil. They're those were evil. Bad news. Those bad news. Um, <laughs> you know, you you look at that though, and the ability to pick their way through there and get to where they need to get to mm-hmm. is is so huge. Because if you can get bamboozled by the shiny things or taken off your feet by some of the clutter that ends up on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't matter how great an athlete you are. If you can't get there, yeah. you, you can't play. And, it's, of course, you know, I mean, the head on the swivel thing is real. Oh. You know, if you're – you can't just be focused on that running back or some guard's going to knock you into next week. I mean, you got to see all around you and peripheral and all those things too or you're not picking yourself through the traffic. And this is what I think Terrell has is, is demonstrated uh, in, in a number of ways – uh, I know that um, there's a lot of people who have talked about his big play, uh, you know, being around the ball isn't as good yeah. as Minka's. But I'm sitting there going, when you got a Hoover vacuum cleaner like Minka on the back mm-hmm. end, and you're going to put your other guy, you know, in the box, I ain't worried about the the big play capabilities no. because you already got. The, there's only so many footballs to go around. I said the defense so makes turnovers. a lot of big plays, exactly. You know, and I don't think it's going to decrease by any net. You know, the, the pass rush, the scheme. Minka, I think big plays are going to be part of this defense without question. It would, it would blow me away if they're not near the top of the league in turnovers and sacks created. That plus and minus, people don't understand or don't really give as much credo as I think you need to. When, you, when you're when you a plus 10, plus 12, man, you're playing some uh, good football. It's hard to do. Oh, it is very hard to do. Yeah, you know, Especially question. if you have a you know, a turnover-prone offense. They get a lot of people to the ball. You know, I, I think Schobert will help in that regard, too. He seems to get... 
two or three every year as well as a couple sacks as well. I mean, probably more big plays than they've gotten from the secondary inside linebacker, you know, I mean, just sees things well around the football, you know. So uh, I think they're very well equipped in that regard. Another guy I, I think it's hurt a little bit with Schobert coming in, in the fold, but I still think plays meaningful snaps every week is Killebrew. I think he's an interesting – I think he's an upgrade from the danger fields and those type of guys they've had before. That I think he's a contributor. Maybe he plays man coverage on tight ends. Maybe he walks down in the box. I mean, I think you can do a lot of things with him. You know, I think, and I had a lot of respect for Jordan and uh, yeah, just loved yeah. the kid. Uh, appreciated his time here. I thought he's a special teamer um, and all that. Uh, I thought he, he got was the good. most of his abilities. He did. He, right, he right, made right. the most of his abilities. I thought, you know, the area that really hurt him, obviously, was any pass coverage. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's where Mullet is a guy that, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Killebrew is a guy that, that, that can really, you know, up his game. Uh, yeah. Is an upgrade there. Uh, and I, I hate to put it that way because I know what it's like to be a player and People talking about, well, he's an upgrade over you. Well, okay, there's a lot of guys that were upgrades over me. That's how right? the league works. Right, you know, right. But it is. Upgrade, That's the nature right. of the beast. So, the, you know, the, the fact is, um, you know, when I think about a killer, Hireman's Boys, I love to say. I think that's so cool. <laughs> I just thought that was a great nickname. Oh, Hireman's yeah. Boy. But, you know, uh, in in uh, what he does, you, you watch him. I mean, this guy, I, I think Mike Tomlin, he's, that's the guy He said, this is an NFL dude. Yeah, he's I an mean, NFL dude. Yeah. He'll, I think he'll be... I don't know, 10, 15, 20 snaps a game on defense. Man, maybe not 20. He's got length. He's got size. He's physical. He runs well. He's got experience. He's going to be a great special teamer. That's a nice pickup. We always talk about the, the under-the-radar moves Kevin Colbert's made. That's a classic one. It is, absolutely. I, I think, uh, again, that's just another good job. I wonder, again, you know, we, we're getting a little – we're getting towards, uh, uh, you know, cutterfish bait. I don't think that's the, the That's term, not it. Right. Fish or cut bait. What is that's it, show killer? Either. <laughs> that's not it either? Come on. there's Fish or cut bait. See, I was right. Yeah. What are you talking about, Williams? You don't... Did you get it right? I, I'm sure I did. Well, what's that mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm, we're voting here. Two to one. Well, we don't vote you, have you to down. cut bait to the fish? It, you fish or you just cut the bait. Okay. All you're right. either the guy holding the pole or you're the yeah, dude in the background you know, chopping unless a bait. Unless it's piranha. Then you don't want to be cutting the bait either. Cause I don't do anything about You're the bait. <laughs> <laughs> the bait is you. Okay, you got it right. Did you ever see the movie Piranha? Oh. Doesn't look fun. Uh, they, Not no, a good way to no. go. It's it's just, you know, you put a leg of lamb in a tank full of piranha and what yeah. do you got? Wow. <laughs> Not a good way to like go. It looks like the Wolfley family at dinner time. <laughs> <laughs> right. It looks like you're played after that. All right, right, right. Like you Indeed, eat, you're right. Very similar to you eating ribs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that there. Yes, you know, you've seen a, it. Okay. Nothing left. <laughs> we'll be back with more because we are either going to fish or cut bait coming up in the next one. Right back here on SNR. You're listening to the official voice of Black and Gold Nation, SNR. Back in the locker room, Thunder Wolf, Matt Williamson, Brian Lamartina. The Ferrari of show killers. <laughs> Boy, I'm, pu- I'm putting that all together. You, your role is expanding, Brian, as we go along here. <laughs> all right, we were last talking about Terrell Edmonds. One of the things I wanted to, to uh, uh, add on with him is just talking about, because he spoke to the press yesterday. Oh, no, did he? I didn't catch up. Okay. You know, just talking about his shoulder. His shoulder mm. seems to be good. I'm glad to see him out there. Watching him, as I said, in Philly. I uh, had a couple nice plays where he was creeping down into the box and he just picked his way through the traffic. Yeah, yeah. Found his way into some nice tackle and does a good job. Uh, he really, you know, it's funny because I look at uh, him and Minka and I think, you know, it's like those two are kind of like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, <laughs> partners in crime. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's Minka, you know, nabbing the ball, going over the top, or the fact that you got uh, uh, Terrell down there doing some of the dirty work in the box. Um, those two really complement each other. They do. I mean, I think that's an underrated thing about safety play, too. Ryan Clark and Troy, you know. It's, it's that's who some, I was thinking of. Yeah. That's, that's I mean, those good. guys play together for a long time. Buffalo's got a great pair that have come in the league together and then go on and on. That If you're about the same age like that and you play a lot of snaps together – to me, it's almost like the continuity of an offensive line. You know, knowing that guy next to you, you have some un- you know some nonverbal communication there. 
And, and one thing about Edmonds that I, I feel like if he would have played 20 years ago or something, maybe Steeler Nation would respect him more. Like, I sound like an old man, but the newer generation – they watch the highlights, you know, right. you know the the YouTube, you know, three minute clip of his best play. Are you saying YouTube and not YouTube? Exactly. <laughs> I get all confused. You know, he's not on Sports Center like Minka is as right. much, but down in, down out, he brings a lot to the table, and that reliability is big. I think, defensively speaking, when you talk about reliability and the ability to be able to again operate in that box, which is not easy no, when no. you're you know of the size of of Terrell. Uh, that's a he's a small hybrid linebacker at that right, point right, when he gets right. up there. But he is one of those guys that you see him. He he doesn't get picked off. He doesn't lose his way. He comes up. He's able to play off some of the blocks, beat guys to the point, and get the job done. So, again, I think the combination of the two. I hope that they're able to. Um, I would think based on this year, obviously how it goes, it would be be nice to be able to come to some agreement with him. If they could oh, extend think, him, yeah. you know. I think that's in the cards. I hope so. Yeah, uh, it would shock me if he does just a doggone good guy. Yeah, yeah. That's what I totally understand. I mean, they're awfully strong up the middle now. You know, those two they safeties, are. the two linebackers are going to play a ton. Two at Hayward. I mean, is there anyone in the league better up the middle than they are? I doubt it. I can't think of it. Right, right. All right, another uh, little, little – we've got to do some housekeeping here. you got uh, the first – Cutdown date was yesterday. No, right, right. And the Steelers have released Sam Sloman and Brandon Walton, offensive lineman, uh, defensive lineman Abdullah Anderson, quarter, cornerback uh, Stephen Denmark, and wide receiver Isaiah McCoy. Mm-hmm. Any any surprises? Not really. Um, I thought Isaiah was a surprise. I thought he might last to the second round. I think he's you and done I mentioned some good stuff. Walton too. You know, he was part of that line and getting the, the, yep. the Eagles game that was late in the game was controlling things. I didn't focus on every snap of him and isolate him, but um, probably makes sense. He did sense. a good job. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, unfortunately for that crew, they're probably not going to be on the practice squad either. I mean, that next group of cuts has a chance, but no no big surprises for me. You know, they, they have a handful of these receivers, including McCoy, that are starting, they're all fighting for one spot, it seems like, you know, so they just narrowed it down. You know, it's funny because I look at the, uh, the what I, got, I call the unsung young guns. And Isaiah McCoy was part of that group with Anthony Johnson, of course, from the University of Buffalo, Large Prairie Mammals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I just love, I love saying that. You know, UB Bulls, University of Buffalo Bulls. You also got um, uh, uh, Rico Bussey. Yeah, Bussey uh, brought I, up a few times. He's, yeah. a, he's, he's a guy, but you know what? Anthony Johnson keeps making plays. He does. He does. I, I think that whole uh, situation is, is interesting because I do think one has a chance to make the team – and maybe another could be on the practice squad. I still think special teams is going to be instrumental for that guy to make right. a name for himself here. And that's what Anthony's done, though. Yeah, I say mean, he's kind of standing out in that way. Yes, he's he's been showing up, uh, mm-hmm. you know, on on the special teams, and you know, certainly you've got an opportunity to to carve yourself out a role here. I yeah, mean, yeah. Between uh, Saturday night and, and the last preseason game, when obviously it all Those comes guys will down, play a ton. they're going to play a ton. Right, and I would think. For Anthony Johnson, he's already, you know, he's he's had several catches. Mm-hmm. He had a touchdown catch, you know. I obviously blown coverage, but he yeah, right, right, in the right. end zone. Um, you know, there's nothing that he's done that I say has disappointed me. No, right, right. I think he's looks like he belongs and would be helpful. Uh, I mean, does that does mean that there's a job for you? I mean, we'll see. Um, again, I keep going back to special teams with that fifth receiver, and I know Ray Ray McLeod's done some good things here, but. Uh, on offense, he's too much of a tell for me that he's going to do something gadgety and not really run receiver routes and isn't going to get in the way much as a blocker. And it looks like his return duties are not quite as cemented as they were. Do you think return duties are – they're almost nil as it is. Especially kickoff returns. Like, oh who gosh. cares who your kickoff returner is anymore? Yeah, I mean, it really – People blast it out of the end zone, right? Yeah, I mean, for the most part. And then – if they do kick it, now they've gone to that hang them high, mm-hmm. you know, where if you get back to the 20, you're lucky. Yeah. You know I what I mean? The emphasis right. is – it's funny how the unintended consequences of changing the, the rules for the kickoff, trying to, you know, product, keep people safe. Yeah, keep people that, safe right. and all that. But, you know, now the kickers have evolved where they can hang that ball up there and, 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 and create even you. more. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. It's, you know, it's, Anyone it, can kick it out of the end zone just Captain about Caveman. It's right. clobbering time. You know <laughs> exactly. what I mean? And we, we, we've talked about this a few times because we're seeing it with the Steelers punters. Punters have come a really long way in the oh. last 10 years of 
different styles of punt and these Australian punts and kick in the middle of the ball or end over end or knucklers or yeah the watermelon you know, kick yeah all these crazy kicks that they have they got a lot of clubs in their bag it didn't used to be that way no I you know <laughs> the punters are just they're getting ridiculous Presley Harvin is ridiculous is, he is I mean some of the stuff that he does and it's and it's not like Jordan uh, has. Jordan Berry has done he anything just less. as good as bad. Yeah. Nobody, nobody brought that up. I mean, Jordan Berry was great against the Eagles. He you know, was. Everyone wants to talk about he dropped Harvin. two inside the ten. Right. You and know, one on uncanny. the on the one and or one and a half, something like that. But both these guys, who thought that two punters could make yeah. such an interesting comparison in, in in camp battle? I wonder if Kevin can turn Berry into a seventh round pick or something like that. You know, and get something out of it because he's one of the best thirty two punters in the world. I got no doubt in my mind. Jordan, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely, right. mate, as he's uh, as they call him. Mate. <laughs> okay, you remember that? And Harvin's really exciting, as, pun- yes. as exciting as a punter can be. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Still I'm punter. waiting. I'm waiting. Somebody's gonna, you know, who's gonna drop one at the one again? And you go, Elvis has just left the building. <laughs> you know, I mean, something dumb like that. I, I'm capable of doing, but you know, looking at these guys and just comparing the two has just been it's been a lot of fun because mm-hmm. um, they've shown such ability. You know, you watch them, they do backed-up drills, you know, in the end zone, kicking out of their end zone. They're booming them over doesn't, 50. Doesn't you bother know? them, I'm sure. Yeah, big legs and control and a variety of kicks. And, you know, I am interested to see, and this is more of a kicker than punter thing, do you trust them when the wind's blowing and swirling and rain's coming down? And, you know, we'll see. I no. mean, Barry's done it a little, but he seems to fade as the weather comes along late in years, too. Uh, Buffalo has always been a place that you you got to be particularly uh, a little. If you're a punter, you got to be a little bit nervous about uh, Western New York. I mean, I would think Harry Newsom. I remember we were there back in the uh, '80s, and uh, our punter was Harry Newsom, and he boomed the ball, and there was such a stiff wind blowing in from the lake, the ball went straight up in the air like it was shot up like a rocket, and it just hovered there, and the whole team was down. You know, covering forty yards down the field, and we're on the sidelines. We're yelling, "Turn around, run back!" Because the ball landed three yards in front of the, the line of scrimmage. Just hit a wall of wind. It did, yeah. and it just took it straight up in the air. Yeah, and it was so funny watching all the coaches go, oh, "Turn around, turn around." You know, I mean, I know there's an art to throwing the football in the wind, and you know, like Phil Sims would always talk about it. At yes. home, I could I would throw the ball differently. I wonder, these punters need to kick it more on a line, not let it get straight up in the air where the wind takes it. I mean, I think there's an art to that as there's well. There's no question. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember, well, last year when uh, the Bill, the Steelers went to play the Bills, I was watching pregame, and uh, at one point a, a plastic bag was blowing across the field. Mm-hmm. It hit the 50 and then shot straight up in the air <laughs> like a like a, a, a cannonball, you know? Yeah. I mean, you're like going, are you kidding me? Yeah. How, the wind currents, talk about crazy. I, I remember... Uh, I referenced this year with the Browns a lot, but I learned a lot. And our special teams coach, Jerry, I forget his name, but he was a really good special teams coach. And he was in the league, he's been in the league a really long time. And whenever he just got, we were just talking specialists with him, he's like, don't even bring me the kid from Arizona State or Texas. You know, this is Cleveland. This is nasty weather. I mean, if we're going to have a rookie punter or kicker, he better played in the rain and the wind and the snow and all that stuff, too. And, I'm not worried about Harvin, don't get me wrong, but it'll right. be eye-opening, you know. <laughs> you don't play – there's going to be some nasty weather games here. No question yeah. about it. Um, and obviously that's going to be something he has to operate in. I think the bigger worry is is really the holding capabilities. Yeah, that's a good uh, question. In, in bad weather like that. It's important. Yeah, if you've not experienced that, I would hate to be a holder. Hold, could you imagine <laughs> The most the, thankless job ever, too. Yeah, right. and the pressure on you, you know, because – if you screw up once in your career, it's all anyone remembers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> in once. Right, right. Or you could be like uh, uh, up up at training camp when we had um, a fire call. When the, I, I forgot who the holder was, but uh, they, we had a fire call. He dropped it, and he threw it to Gary Anderson. And Tyrone Stowe hit Gary, uh, who had a one-bar face mask. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And he was little spit, fella to literally me, spitting or... chicklets out of his mouth. Was he really? I mean – Blood, not and what you want. Pieces of teeth and everything. One of the best kickers in the league. It's oh yeah, lit up. Right, just, yeah. yeah. I remember. I remember Tyrone looking like, "What did I just do?" You know. <laughs> but he just right reacted. Yeah, you know, yeah. it was a live drill. He just reacted. He hit the guy that had the ball, like like you should do. <laughs> I remember everybody standing around. And Chuck was looking like. I've never seen Chuck at a loss for words until then. Couldn't believe that's what. Couldn't believe what just happened. That's what we're trying to do here. And that's when Tunch turned around and goes, "Let's go to team." (laughs) (laughs) Everybody 
they started to go to team because nobody knew what to do. I bet. You know? Wow. And Gary was walking around, oh, boy, that really hurt. <laughs> Didn't think this would be what happened today. <laughs> exactly. Those, Poor Gary. Oh. Those punters and holders have to have some athletic ability. I mean, adjusting to bad snaps and, you know, kickers don't have to be athletes, but punters and holders do. How about Gary or your premium? Remember that? Right, right, right. Back Trying here? to throw the football? <laughs> you talk about throwing what looked to be like a, a water-filled ball. Yeah, <laughs> that that was that was the essence of it, man. I forget his background, but I, I know he was European and was a soccer player. Right. Like, he didn't grow up tossing the pigskin. No, 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 he didn't. Right. No, kind of show. That yeah. was very obvious. Pretty obvious, right? Uh, you know, and then uh, well, I mean, I remember when they they were, I was asked to to play a little bit of goal line tight end towards the end of my mm-hmm. career. You know. And I was like, okay. And they said, uh, you know, how do you feel about the running route and getting the ball thrown to you? I said, you tell the quarterback, unless he can absolutely jam it into my face mask, don't bother. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't want the pressure of trying to catch the melon. You know what I mean? And I'm sure you got lineman gloves on. You do. You do. What are you going to do? You're going to clump it off my head, you know? Yeah, I mean, (laughs) and everyone's going to boo me. And I'll go home and my kids will be hassled in school. (laughs) That's all everybody will remember, right? Your dad can't catch. He couldn't catch a cold. Yeah, they'll get bullied at school because he couldn't couldn't catch a Absolutely. <laughs> All right, I suppose we got to go to break now. All right, the show killer's telling me to kill the show. All right, we're going to break. We'll be back after this more on SNR. Let's go play some ball. Always talking black and gold football on SNR. All right, give me some Najee, would you? I like uh, it. What do you think, Matt? We need a little Najee Harris. We haven't even talked about the dude. It's been and a this couple guy, days, right? Yeah, it's been a couple of days, and this guy is really um, just very entertaining. Just from a, a pure, you know, visual fan uh, point of view, it just watching this guy go about his business is fun. It is fun, and I want to talk about off the field a little bit. I'm really impressed with his interviews. You know, like it's pretty. It's pretty clear that he was. A, a star in high school and was a top recruit in the country, and then he goes to a huge school. Like he's been media trained and is media savvy for a very young guy entering the league. And what I like about it, when you know the, the reporters ask him questions, he's very matter of fact about being excellent. You know, like I remember in minicamp, wow, that was a heck of a one-handed catch you made over your head. And he's like, well, that's kind of what I do. You know, like yeah. I've been doing that my whole life for. <laughs> <laughs> you know, why, why, jumping over that guy. Well, I, I've been doing that that's since I forever, right? I mean, it's just it's, it's a little bit of that athletic confidence, arrogance that you love to see. You know, it, it's funny because when you listen to Eddie Faulkner, the running backs coach mm-hmm. for the Steelers, right? And Eddie, I, I love this quote. He says, you know, it's hard because you don't want to watch like a fan. You know, you know he, right. says, he does so many unusual things that, you know, you can sit there and go, wow, I didn't see that coming. You know, yeah. like, wow, I didn't. You know, I mean, these are the things Superstars that, uh, are like that. Yeah. Exactly. Right. They start to entertain you, mm-hmm. and you forget that the point is you've got to refine that entertaining show that you're watching on the field. <laughs> I'm in charge of coaching him. I better get back to doing <laughs> yeah, that. Oops. Right, instead of just watching like my with a beer on the couch with my feet up. Enjoying exactly. Them, right? you know? And Eddie's one of those guys. <laughs> you can tell. I mean, he's very thoughtful about the way he goes. First of all, how he shares whatever he's going to share verbally you okay. know, in front of the cameras and then about how he goes about his business um, and he's a serious dude um, and I, I watch the drills and he's always bringing up trying to move different drills in and out so that it's not like this okay this is Wednesday and we're doing this this is Thursday and it becomes his daily you know kind of sort of by rope thing mm-hmm. he's trying to bring something out that Will surprise them in a, in a way. I bet. You know, whether hit him off guard. Yeah, or, whether yeah. hit them from the one side then the other with those bags and you know all sorts. You don't of want things. to be in the same routine. No, and, you know, right. You're always trying to challenge them because generally these guys are very superior in athleticism. Mm-hmm. That being like the Najee's, especially the, with him. Yeah, yeah right. McFarlane and and some of these guys. So the the thing I I, I enjoyed just listening to Eddie was just talking about look. I got to be careful, you know, just like you guys. You get caught up watching like a fan. Well, I can't. Yeah. So I'm always trying to strive and drive home a point of technique or whatever that, you know, trying to get him to recognize that um, there's refinement to be done. And it can't all be about, look, I just do what I do. Mm-hmm. Sure, that's wonderful. And, and he has a lot of natural ability and he's been very successful. And, you know, your first round pick running back, that's rare. But, yeah, you can always get better. 
Um, it sure sounds like from afar that he takes to coaching in a big way, and his reputation before the Steelers ever you know drafted him was he's an obscenely hard worker. Like goes home and does push-ups. You know, like almost have to like Antonio Brownish. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Oh, continue. That I was thought, it. Oh, I okay. <laughs> that was it. So I, I didn't. Sorry about that. I don't think he's going to go through the motions or be lazy in any way, stretch or you know, shape or form, including his technique and ability to learn and protection and things like that. I mean, I think he's going to do the little things. Well, the, and not all backs do. Right. Yeah. And, right. I mean, you're talking about a three-down back. You're talking about a rookie to the NFL. Number one, just getting used to the pace of things. Mm -hmm. Number two, getting used to the fact of uh, you know the enormity of playing on the big stage in the, in this big league. Now. I know that's mitigated by the fact that you spent some time in Alabama, which sure. is, sure, you know, that's probably like a, they Alabama could go into the uh, uh, NFC South or AFC <laughs> South and, and do damage down there. The guys they play against and practice are exactly unbelievably good too. No you know, question just about getting it. So on the field. There he's hard. about as good prepped as you can be, right. As far as uh, coming into the league, but still, there's but some they need things. something from them right now. They got no time to wait on them. Absolutely right. And they're going to need something, but I've, I'm good. I'm what I'm interested in is finding kind of the the work capacity level that he's capable of bringing. Uh -huh. You know, I again, I got no problems with uh, basically running the wheels off on a guy. If McFarland could come in and give substantial reps because he's substantially good, uh -huh. like he's he's shown some ability. I think Pelosi okay, will get the ball here and there yeah, too. Exactly, yeah. but uh, the fact is, you got a three down back. Um, this kid can provide a lot of. Bang, zoom, boom, whether it's uh, pass catching the ball, uh, picking up blitzes, running the ball, uh, he's capable. But his work capacity level is going to be interesting. That is interesting, and I bet that's a challenge for Tomlin, for the running back coach, for the offense coordinator as well. Boy, he looks great, but do we need to manage it? I mean, I'm sure by Halloween they'll have these answers, or even maybe by like week three or four, but you're not going to get him in the preseason. You know, like, do we still trust him? Not to fumble, to you know, know his responsibilities, as you know. I mean, when you get tired and beat up, you're not as sharp with your exactly. assignments and things like that, too. You're worried about your well-being. It's just human nature. You know, that, that Emmett-like quality or Walter Payton-like quality where they just get better and better and just keep feeding them and they take the, they take the game over late in games. We'll That's see. what I wonder. Is, is yeah. he capable of it? Now, one of the things I always go back to Love Bell. Thinking about because they remind me a, a little bit of each other. No, I think you know, their usage will be very similar. Yeah, yeah. And, and here's one thing: I remember a point in time where Ben said, "You know, we with with Lev, it was about he's he's fantastically conditioned, but you're still going to wear down when you're three oh, down back hard and job. you're doing all right." He said, "But you know, instead of going off the field, let me know how you're feeling so that we can give you a blow by, you know, sending you on a wheel route that you're jogging or something mm -hmm. like that. You're, you know, you're." In a very dispensable, you know, route or job, whatever. You but know what some I mean? good defender goes with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, you're still you know, a diversion. All you, yeah, you know, right. all you're doing is being a diversion, giving you a, a blow, giving you a little bit of a rest. And I, yeah. that that's something that obviously is going to take time moving into the season to see what his work capacity level is. Sure. And I'm sure Ben will have a lot to do with that. I mean, the coaching staff's great, but they're not on the field with them. Where I'm sure Lev could go, kind of lean to Ben and be like, I need to take it easy for play. You know, just give me one, and I'm not going to leave the field because the defense will honor us differently. It brings me to that story that they always told about Terrell Davis in the Super Bowl. I mean, I don't know okay. if you've heard this one or not, but he has he, he had migraine issues. And during the Super Bowl, oh. he had a blinding migraine is the way they tell the story. But they were on, like, the one-yard line, and Elway's like, you can't go out because – Everyone know that you know we need you. We need you right. the diversion of their right. You need so to just be in stand here. in the backfield, even though you can't say a, see a thing. Pretend like you're getting the ball because you got to be out here. And meanwhile, the guy can't. He's blind, you know, for right. a player too. You, you can know, barely like, be able to. But there's function. value just being on the field as a great player. That's the point. That's the point. You know, is even if you take a, a an easy rep to to save your energy. Better than going off, and everyone says, "Well, you know, we'll at least defend the Steelers differently." That's going to be interesting to me because yeah, I, it is. I, I think uh, again, uh, Love had tremendous work capacity. Yeah, you know, I mean, and he was one of those guys that just being on the field presented such a challenge for any defensive mm -hmm. coordinator, whether they had him in the backfield or in the slot or what have you. Yeah, um, and and to me, I think Najee is going to be the same way. So hopefully, you know, they 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 come together on that, and of course, that's looking down the road a little bit, but. That's what we do when you're in training camp. Yeah, that's what we do. I mean, <laughs> receiving backs cause problems, period, in this league. 
but very few of them are Lev Bell, Saquon Barkley, Harris size, you know, that right. are 220 plus, you know, sometimes plus plus, you know, and that, to me that's such a massive advantage. I mean, if you're going to play a, a smaller, faster defense, well, they're just going to hand it to the big guy. And if you're going to be, you know, really heavy and bring out your big bo- big guys, he can detach against a linebacker. I mean, there's no right answer for those players. And Bell was the epitome of that. No question about it. Yeah. Another guy that's uh, impressed me as a pass catcher is Anthony McFarlane. He does a nice job. You know, yeah. I, th- I thought he's just gotten better at it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know that uh, – I'm trying to think last year. I, there, there wasn't, like, uh, anything noticeably bad. I thought his sample of work as a rookie is something to just throw away. You know, well, like, I, I think it, you it, have to. There's nothing no to take from it. There's right. nothing, you know. They, um, they didn't yet have trust in him. Right. He looked like he was swimming. I, I thought the lack of preseason hurt him maybe more than anybody on the team. I mean, just it had been nice. He might have been the – the leading rusher in the preseason, if it had been a normal year, you know, feed him a lot, get comfortable, sure. And he was swimming as a rookie, so I, I kind of just throw that away with the bathwater type of thing. You know, again, I go back to, I love the story since we're telling stories of the story of Willie Parker talking about Jerome Bettis being so key in his development, mm, and one sure. of the things he was so big about was, you know, that Willie hit could accelerate like a, a seven forty seven, yeah, right, right, a boom, you know, just gets rolling. Or an F sixteen would be a better, more apropos. I got a little Willie story, too, along those okay. lines. So, you know, he just talked about how Jerome was always saying, slow down. You know, you got to slow down. You take that, you know, you're talking about heartbeats. You yeah. know, if, if you're slowing down, it's not like you go, okay, I'm going to do a shot of NyQuil. Just, <laughs> you don't know. Right, no, right, I mean, right. it's going to be like, you know, you, you, it's a few extra heartbeats, but what a difference because you got to trust that line to get the job better. done. Yeah. And then you know you've got to accelerate. So as you're moving towards the hole, you have to do that with confidence. And it's funny because I never really considered what the back was thinking as he's running towards the line and there's a morass of body parts all in front of you. Yeah. You know, and you're about to give a ballistic enema to any offensive lineman, you know, who is not getting the job done there, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you know, you got to have confidence you're going to get the job done, but you've also got to have patience in slowing it down. And I was thinking, Let you know, blocks develop if you things, watch yeah. the Super Bowl run of Willie Parker when uh, Big Red comes around, Alan Fanica, and you could watch that from the – the end zone, mm-hmm. and see that develop and how they waited until Lofa Tatupu got into position. And then all of a sudden, here comes Red crushing him with a block. And, and there's Willie just hitting the afterburners at the perfect moment. That acceleration. And that tells yeah. you everything about that's what it's supposed to look like. That's exactly what you want to see. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And probably learned a lot of that from Jerome. And maybe that run doesn't happen if he doesn't have the mentor. And you know, my quick story was I was – Asked to play in the Heinz Ward celebrity softball game one time. Did you? Yeah. How'd you do? Very poorly. (laughs) (laughs) First time I picked up a glove in like 10 years. Right, right. And side note, I'm playing first, which was my, uh, you know, baseball position as long as I lasted. Ben's playing short. Gentle underhand toss. The first one's hit to him. It just tears all the leather out of my glove. Right. Because he throws it 800 miles an hour. Right. From left field, even though he's playing short. Anyway. Better the glove than your mouth. Uh, right. And then he yelled at me. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a couple athletes in that game that shocked me how they struggled to hit a softball. Oh, ben was not one of them. One of them. No. He hit a homer every time he was up, so did Kiesel. Anyway, Parker struck out and really struggled to hit the ball. He was on the other team, and he hit one that was one of those little nubblers right in front of home plate that he was very proud of. He actually hit the ball. Right. And then was like the roadrunner coming down first base line. And I'm yes. sitting there, you know, like, wow. Like there was flames coming off his feet as soon as he hit the ball and was just flying down the line. I'm like, wow. And now I see Then you see that right. speed happen in real time. And it's like, get out of the way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's funny because uh, I played at the Three Rivers. Uh, against the Hollywood All-Stars. Mm. They had um, guys like Donnie Most from Happy Days. And, oh, okay. You yeah. know, they had uh, the guy from uh, Animal House, I'm trying to remember what, uh, he was the president, Hoover, you know, of the mm, Animal yeah, yeah, House yeah. thing. And they had, a, you know, a number of, uh, somebody from um, the the guy that did, I forget about it. Yeah. And whatever, it's these these uh, Hollywood folks, right? It's kind of a celebrity game. Yeah, yeah, so it was before a Pirates game, you know, and so. I get up there, and of course, it's like, oh, okay, big hitter, move back, move back. And then you humiliate yourself by rolling it, you know, to the pitcher. Yeah. And, and please, you know, 
just go ahead. Don't wait. Throw me out so that I don't have to, have to humiliate myself line, right? running down the first baseline, you know. And I will go and play short right field <laughs> because that's where you stick. The fat guys that can't throw, can't hit, and nobody, are worthless. Yeah. That's where you put them, in short right field. Yeah. That was my That's where I should have been. My that's first why I don't play in those right. all-star games anymore. Yeah, I don't know that I'd say yes again. I, I, I hit the ball okay, but never reached first. I was like 0 for 4, even mm. though I made okay contact. But right. Two errors at first. One of them, my glove got ripped out by Ben's fastball, which was humiliating in itself. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> so you and I are likewise uh, mind here that, yeah. We will not play any more of those all-star games. <laughs> well, I don't think anyone's calling me back if they watch the tape of the first one. <laughs> yeah, tape on it. Forget right. Williamson. Yeah, we watched we, the tape on that guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> Wolfley, we, we already heard the, we heard the stories from long ago. Yeah, Forget that guy. We'll bring Sally Wiggin back, but not Williamson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. That is just so good. All right, we got... Uh, we got some interesting battles coming up again. We're talking mm-hmm. again, uh, the Antoine Brooks. We're talking Arthur Millette. We're talking Trey Norwood. Um, Millette seemed to get, uh, he's getting more and more comfortable, shall we say. Yeah. I'm curious because I'm not sure we disagree on this, but I kind of look at it like it's Brooks's job. I, I think you kind of think it's Millette's job. And I'm, I'm wondering because of the fact that um, Antoine is just, uh, you know, he's, he's been nicked up. Right. Um, and I'm wondering, it, it's going to be interesting to see this dress rehearsal. This will be plays. big. Yeah, this is going to be big. Um, I, I thought Brooks has, has looked good so far in, in what we've seen of him when mm-hmm. we've seen him. Yeah. But again, you know, if you're heading in towards Buffalo and you're trying to get, trust out, get the train going. Yeah. Um, Millette's been there and the other guy hasn't. Yeah. And, and we know how that works. another guy, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Millette's a nice pickup, certainly in that Killebrew, Hague version of Colbert pickups for cheap that nobody thought twice about. I, I'm, maybe I'm looking too much into it, but I felt like if Brooks would have been out there that we wouldn't maybe be having this conversation. But camp goes quick, and if you miss a week or two it, uh, and you're not proven, you're. It, I, I feel like Tomlin's handling it a little bit like he did with Dotson, that this guy – we're not going to call him the starter. He hasn't done anything. Right. But right. deep down, I think he's their favorite because he's the most physical and had some thickness and, you know, can handle you know, a little more of the run responsibilities and blitz responsibilities. But maybe I'm giving Brooks too much credit. I don't know. It's interesting in, in the sense that as I, as I keep kind of perusing it, when I, again, and I've talked about it before, you brought it up today, but Terrell Edmonds in that role of yeah. blitzing, you yeah, know, yeah. Now, Run down or whatever, run heavy, however you want to go down in distance, and you know what what a team is, uh, you know what what it likes to do. Uh, you got to play those percentages, but he he's a guy that could pick up snaps there again. Yeah. I have such admiration for Terrell Edmonds. I think the guy is just that good. I, I tend to agree, and I love that idea. Do you agree that the slot blitz reps will probably go down with Hilton gone? I, I mean, would, he did it so well and so often. He did. Yeah. Um, I think, in my mind, they're going to try and find out. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. they're going to try and see if they can. It's on the checklist for the new yeah, guy, I'm sure. I, I, right. I believe that, you know, they've got to kind of uh, finish this off and see if they can productively bring some bang off that slot. Mm-hmm. Um, it sure didn't work for him on that uh, screen pass to Quez Watkins. And yeah, Philly. yeah, you live by it, you die by it. Yeah, boy, right. he died. Yeah, he died, right. <laughs> but they will blitz a ton. They'll be just maybe less from the slot. Well, fortunately, we're not dying here. We're coming back. One more segment. Just like bad breath in the morning, we'll be back <laughs> after this. Black and gold football lives here 24-7. You're listening to SNR. Some of the other training camp battles that are going on, besides talking about the great battle being waged by the punters. Yeah, we did talk <laughs> did about that one. You know, we that just doesn't sound right. You know no, what I mean? Of all the training road. camp battles you want to talk about, punters punters is not something that you really, you know, get They've both been good, about. though. But they have, yeah, usually they have been good. Usually if there's a punter battle, they're both bad. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, another one. Um, again, we talked about this touch tonight yesterday, but I think, you know, there's... Trey Edmonds is fighting for his life, his professional life out there. I'm glad you brought him up yesterday, too, because I've kind of washed him away that, boy, there's a lot of running backs now. But he brings a lot more to the table 
special teams blocking than some of that other guys in that room. I bet he's a Tomlin favorite. You know, I got to believe that uh, he's found favor with Danny Smith. Yeah, right, right. You know, Eddie Faulkner, you know. Um, I've seen a lot more offensive weaponry from him. Okay, it's it's not a big sample. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't. He's never been a noted ball carrier, a pass catcher. But I've seen him do both. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I've seen him in the H back um, provide That's some bang at the point of attack. Yeah. And you know, Derek Watt is a solid performer, but Trey has. I don't know. I, I, I think the, the guy is, like I said, fighting for his professional life. I haven't heard the word H-back around here in a while, but I think that they're going to have an H-back type guy. You know, a fullback lined up sort of in the tight end neighborhood, usually off the ball, a movement guy, creates some blocking angles. So that might be a role that's bigger than we know, you know? Good well-being. Trey might be one of those guys because they the, they're going to go with a 16-man practice squad. Four which is of nice, them, yeah. Yeah, which yeah, is nice. Yeah. Four of them they can protect each and every week mm-hmm. uh, is what I understand. And they can go bring up two guys on game day from the, for the 53 right. without removing anybody. Or, yeah. yeah, so it's a little literally you're talking yeah. about a 55-man roster mm-hmm. on game day that you don't have to remove, you know, if you bring you up two guys. You don't have to guys, cut somebody. Or yeah, you don't yeah, have yeah, to cut yeah, some yeah. guys. So, right. um, which, in, in, in my mind, I think they should bring everybody up and – you know. So you're paying them anyway. Yeah, and you're going to go 17 <laughs> games. You yeah. know, I mean, get Zooks. Uh, it just to me, it um, I don't know. So uh, I think he's got a chance to be in that mix. Absolutely, right? You know, and, and I, I'm just being. What if Watt gets hurt? Oh yeah, right. You know, I just I I've been appreciative of his efforts because he's been showing up more and more than I remember uh, since he got here. Yeah, yeah, I, I do think his skill set probably lends himself to being a Canada favorite. I'm sure he's already a Danny Smith favorite. Just seems like a Tomlin type of guy. Having your brother on the roster doesn't hurt either. No. <laughs> you know, you know, the, right? You know, two sets of brothers on the team. I mean, I think it's good for the locker room too. He's done all the little things. You know, it's interesting too. Um, I think uh, that Kevin Rader and, and Zach Gentry. That's been a nice. That's interesting nice, too. Uh, watching those two go uh, with Pat Fryermuth. Uh, obviously, Fryermuth is going to keep him. Yeah. Um, but uh, Zach Gentry is intriguing. Kevin Rader. Is another guy that I think, uh, if you're talking about stowing a tight end, on, on mm-hmm. right, you, he definitely would be a guy, yeah. if not making. Or on the even roster. one of those two guys you mentioned that on game day becomes part of the 55. You know what I mean? Good point. He's useful. I mean, he's a blocker. I mean, I know Fryer Muth is, is secure, but I think there's an argument of who's more useful right this second on day, game day, Fryer Muth, Gentry, Raider. My wife has this conversation all the time with me and my boys. Who's most useful? And she looks at me usually very discouragingly. <laughs> You're last on the list. Yeah. yeah, I'm not someone she brings up from the practice squad yeah. at home. You know, she's going to leave me down there, hoping somebody somebody picks me up. Yeah, the, the cat's above me on the list, and you know, right? Yeah, exactly. So, right. how about me? I got three three rabbits and a parrot. And the rabbits, yeah. I'm below them. <laughs> Ted Zooks. Yeah. <laughs> as, I, uh, as I always say, it ain't easy being me, Matt. No, no. I've learned that very much so over this last uh, several weeks. <laughs> no it's been a blast, by the way. It's our it last segment. Been. I appreciate me. Let me sit in. Oh, I appreciate you sitting in because otherwise <laughs> I'm looking at the show killer. He's looking at me. We're going, there's a lot of empty space between the two of us. <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine your house when you're trying to get food and the parrot's like, Rack, wait your turn. <laughs> right. Hey, Fatty, move out of there. <laughs> the bunnies are getting fed. Yeah. Yeah. The bunnies are looking at me like, I'm looking at the bunnies like, the rabbits too. <laughs> My girls get nervous you're, when you're Dad next. gets hungry. <laughs> like, what's up, Doc? <laughs> Not your turn. It's like Dr. Doolittle, living with Dr. Doolittle. Have, you know, the dog starts barking, the rabbits start jumping around, and, you know, and then the, the parrot starts squawking. Right, yeah. Oh, yeah, Zooks. Well, thank you for tuning in, everybody. No, this was great. We appreciate you. All right, we'll be back with the locker room in September. Uh, I think you can. I don't know. I may you be and Max, a, right? Yeah, yeah. With Max yeah. and I, and uh, and uh, whenever I land on my feet. There you go. <laughs> All right, for Matt Williamson, Tunch and Wolf for the show killer Brian Lamartina. Thanks for tuning in. Talk to you later.